0: To Proverbs twelve twenty seven. Proverbs twelve twenty seven. Pastor Kim knew you were gonna scream. She just knew. She said, "Oh, my God. when Adrian does that, she is gonna scream." Proverbs twelve twenty seven. Everybody has it or you memorized it. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and read it so we get it all right. Ready? Read. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. Father, thank you tonight for the word that we're about to receive. Thank you that your people are tuned in, ready to receive the word of God. Lord, I'm tuned in, ready to give it. So Lord, speak through me. Speak through me tonight, Father. Anoint me to minister your word to your people. Thank you that the word itself is already anointed. Anoint our ears, even as you anoint sheep's ears. To receive and hear the words, the sound of their master's voice. So Lord, we listen for your voice tonight. So speak. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight we're on part five of this um, series. I think this is the last one. Um, Do you have diligence? This is part five. And we're talking tonight on pay attention. Pay pay attention. Tell your neighbor, pay attention. Matter of fact, pay attention to this message. that's what, <laughs> okay. It says, again, in Proverbs 12, 27, the lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. Is man's precious possession. So we've been talking about diligence, and we, let's go and define that word diligence right up front here. I want to get right into this, not much introduction. I want to get right into this tonight. Diligence uh, is defined by Merriam-Webster as steady, earnest, and energetic effort. It's devoted and painstaking work and application to accomplish an undertaking. Um, I could summarize that by just saying, to get the job done. Just get things done. And to not stop until you get things done. Amen? This last part of that, assiduity, That's a big word, right? Which means simply means persistent personal attention. Persistent personal attention. All right. So we've defined that. We know it by now. So I've been sharing with you that those of us who possess this attribute, this trait, we can call it of diligence, this character trait of diligence, have what it takes to be successful in every area of our lives. We can be successful. Uh, Academically If we're diligent If you're not diligent you won't be successful Right Uh, We can be successful uh, In the financial arena If you're diligent you'll be successful If you're lazy you will be poor That's just the way the bible says it God's not picking on anybody He's not picking who's poor People choose poverty Now understand people can be born into poverty But we, we know many people who were born into poverty And they became wealthy because they were diligent Okay, Not the ones who won the lottery <laughs> Because though they, they usually end up broke You give them enough time they usually end up broke again You can be successful in your marriage If you're diligent If you, if you keep at it You know the Bible says Don't let the sun go down on your wrath <laughs> I remember reading this The other day this guy said Well the Bible says don't let, don't let the sun go down on your wrath So my wife and I we have been up for three days <laughs> Oh, man just easy Just, just, just peace you know, Make peace man <laughs> Glory to God But it takes diligence If you want your marriage to be successful uh, next, next weekend men We have moved our, our men's breakfast To next weekend because we, we are uh, t- Participating in a homegoing service This coming Saturday And so next Saturday we're going to be talking about uh, Marriage and our men's breakfast And uh, we've got a panel of, of guys Who are going to talk I've got, you know, a freshman, a, a sophomore, junior, and senior uh, marriage guys, you know, who are going to be on this panel. You know, the, the 10 years and below, then we got the 20 years and below, and the 30 years below, that's me. And i got the 31 and above, that's the seniors, the Deacon Mack, talk from longevity. You know, what, what it takes to <laughs> stay the course, and things you've learned, things, and we're really going to talk about a lot of things that we, you wish you knew before you said, I do. What I wish I knew before I said I do, right? Not that it should deter you from saying I do, but the ways you have to prepare to say I do. How many of y'all know just like you can't slide into 2021, you can't just slide into marriage? All right, that's not my topic. That's not my topic. If you just slid into marriage, you're going to backslide. Okay? You got to change your whole way of thinking when it comes to marriage. Okay, so we can be successful in that. in our, In our in parenting, you got to be diligent. In your health, you got to be diligent. Yes,
1: sir. Hello? Yes,
0: sir. Hello. You gotta. You gotta uh, be persistent about eating properly. You can't do it. You know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. Uh, Cleansing for you know, cleanse for three days. <laughs> well, great. You did a cleanse for three days and go back to eating all the fried you can get your hands on. That that don't work (laughs) You got to be diligent You got to be diligent about exercise right I'm I'm not talking about anybody I don't have anyone to talk about anybody I'm just saying this is the truth that we got to learn Amen But I want to focus tonight on the most important area That we, we have to exercise diligence And that's our spiritual lives That's my focus tonight All the things we've been talking about in the previous four messages Have been to build up to this point Because I, my spiritual life is the most important part of me. Yes, See, I am a spirit. Yes. I have a soul. I live in a body. My spirit doesn't need money. <laughs> See, my money is for the natural man. My spirit needs the word. My spirit needs fellowship with God. My spirit needs communion with the Holy Ghost. Oh, y'all not saying much. My spirit needs fellowship with the saints. And that's the part of me I got to really be diligent about building up because that controls everything else. See, if I can build my spiritual life up and be strong in my spiritual life, God will show me how to manifest in everything else in my life. See, a person who's not strong in their spiritual life can't be successful in their marriage. Y'all better say something to me. This is not possible. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our, in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So if you're not spiritual and how, I mean, I don't just mean spiritual. There's people in the world talking about they spiritual. They lighten candles and all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about people who are spirit-filled, spirit-led. Then, then there's fruit that comes out of that love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and meekness and goodness and faith and temperance. Against such there is no law. Right? Galatians 5, and 23. Right? Okay? Now, so let's look at this here because we got to focus on this area of our spiritual lives. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. First Timothy chapter four verse eight says, "Listen to this, Barbara. For bodily exercise profits a little." Hey. I just, I just figured I'd get a rise out of everybody who, who looks looks at Barbara and Gigi like. Rrr. But it does profit. Yeah. Hey, 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 don't throw away your treadmill and your stationary bike. Hello? It does profit. But godliness is profitable in all things or for all things. So so bodily exercise profits the body. You want to get thick, you got to do something to get thick. I don't mean thick in a bad way. I mean that thick, you know, cut, you know, ripped. You know what I'm saying? You can get thick another way just being lazy. (laughs) Right? You don't have to work hard at all. That's easy. But to get to be physically fit, you got to exercise. You got to work at it. Right? But it only benefits the physical you'll sleep better, your blood pressure will be better, your cholesterol will be better, your heart will be better, your skin will be better, everything about your, your physical man is better. But it says godliness or godlikeness is profitable for all things, all things. So if I exercise in godliness my spiritual man, it'll benefit Everything, every part of my life, my marriage, my parenting, my education, my career, my business, it'll it'll, it'll profit every area of my life. So the most important part of me is my spirit. And the most important thing I must do is exercise and be diligent in this area of my spiritual life. Never neglect your spiritual life. Write that down. Never neglect your spiritual life. Because your spiritual life has implications now and for eternity. Never neglect your spiritual life. Isn't it interesting that that many Christians, why they find themselves uh, backsliding or whatever you want to call it, regressing, is because they start neglecting their spiritual lives? See, but that's the only part of us, this this exercise in the spirit, rather, that has implications for now and the end. Forevermore. Let's go into that scripture. Let's finish it. It says, for bodily exercise profits how much? A little. Everybody say a little. A little. So you still got to do it. But godliness is profitable for all things. Now watch this next part. Having promise of the life that now is. So when you exercise in the spirit, it's going to benefit you now. Then it says, and of that which is to come, the life which is to come. So I'm living this life just to live again, right? So I'm going to benefit from my uh, spiritual workout, from my spiritual development in this life, and it'll profit me in the, in the life which, which is to come. Yeah. Glory to God. Because when we, when, you know, when we all die, the Bible says it's a point every man wants to die, and after death, the judgment. So we're all going to be judged according to the deeds done in our body, every one of us. We're not going to be judged, uh, you know, if you're saved, you're not going to be judged on whether you, you know, going to heaven or hell. That's That you've done that. I've got that settled. But I'm going to give an account of all the deeds done in my body. Good or bad, that's what the Bible says. Right? The Bible says we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, what what we call the bema seat. We must all stand before that seat. So we're going going to have to give an account of the deeds done in our body, whether they be good or bad. So if I exercise and grow, I don't want to be standing before God, you know, because God's got nothing but time. <laughs> right? Once you move into eternity, it's nothing but time. Ain't no fi- you know, you go to the doctor today and the doctor see you for five minutes and get you on out of there. But when you stand before God, it's nothing but time. So we can, we can talk. How long are you going to talk about this? Right? So we don't want to be standing before God when God's going to say, well, how come you never forgave her? Right How come you never made that right Now I'm going to let you in (laughs) You can come on in here But I'm going to let you spend eternity learning how we really are supposed to act See Now I mean because you do know When you and I die and go to heaven or Even if we we go by way of the rapture You know we're coming back right Right and when we come back, we're going to be made rulers over things. Oh, you, you want to be a supervisor, don't you? You don't want to be washing communion cuts for eternity, man. This guy told me that one day. I went, we went to this church, and I had to preach at this church. This guy said, oh, man. He said, I, I, I died. I think he said he died or something, and he came back. He said, but when I went to heaven. When I went to heaven, I saw your mama. Uh-huh. I said, really? You saw my mother? I said, well, yeah, I know she's there. He said, yeah. You know what she's doing for, for, in heaven? I said, what? He said, she's washing all the communion cups. I said, my mama served God all these years. So, <laughs> <laughs> No partner. No partner. Don't <laughs> my mama served God all these years, labor, built church, preached revivals, and got people saved to get to heaven and have to, have to wash communion cups? You mean God don't have a dishwasher in heaven if we need communion cups? <laughs> get out of here with that, brother. I mean, I wasn't disrespectful in telling him he was an older gentleman. I didn't, you know, I just I was like, "Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, amen." So, never neglect your spiritual life. Never neglect your spiritual life. Say to your neighbor, "Never neglect your spiritual life." I mean, it's dangerous to neglect your physical life, but whatever you do, never neglect your spiritual life. See, and here's the thing, because that's the unseen part of us, that's the part we last think about. That's the part we we least think about. The Bible calls that, in fact, the hidden man of the heart. It's hidden. So that's the part we last think about. Everybody think about their their flesh, you know, their body. So they got to get your hair done and get your nails done and get your teeth done and everything. You got to wear the nicest, freshest clothes and everything, right? Right, y'all, the gear got to be tight, right, Jay? I mean, everything is, boom, you got to, right? You just, everything just got to be nice because, you know, that's what we see in the mirror. That's what other people see. So we can always take care of this physical man and everything and all that kind of good stuff. Got the hair, got to be sliced and dyed, laid to the side, right? I'm looking at Shonday. You got that thing like that? You got to get that? Right? Right. And then, then you go for the soul. The soul is next in order in, of how we operate because the soul is how I feel. I feel. It's all about how I feel. I'm going to give somebody a piece of my mind. So we always guard that soul, taking care of that soul. You're right. You're right, sir. <laughs> See? And the spirit man is sitting there starving like, when you are you going to tend to me? Because I'm the real you. Come on. Come on. You are not your body. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead, the Bible says, right? In the book of James. As the body without the spirit is dead. So when a person dies, it's just that their spirit left. Because your spirit doesn't need your body to live forever. Your spirit only needs your body for this planet. You see? So we can never n- neglect our spiritual lives. We got we to uh, attend to that. Y'all got it? Now, let me go back real quick. Man. Y'all stop pulling me other places here. So we've been using the words diligence and faithful, faithfulness interchangeably, right? So we looked at Proverbs 28, verse 20. Proverbs 28, verse 20, which says a faithful man will abound with blessings. That's the part I want you to see, just that part. We would not to look at the other part because we're, be, we're not those other part. We're not part B, right? No. We're part A people in this verse. Okay? We're faithful men. Yes. Well, I'm going to say diligent. Yes. And it says we will abound with blessings. Now let's go to another verse, please. Proverbs 20 and verse 6. On this one, we got to look at this one closely. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find what? Again, we're interchanging with that uh, diligent. So everybody's going to talk a good game. I told you that, that, about that Sunday, right? People go into a job interview, and they're going to talk about all the, how wonderful they are, and I'm going to always be on time, and I'm going to always, you know, I'll, I'll bring you coffee, sir, whatever you need, and all that kind of People do all that kind of stuff, and it's just not true. Not generally. People in their dating and dating apps and dating websites and meeting somebody in a restaurant or whatever and going meeting people in church, like people do. And they can always present their representative and tell all kind of stuff, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good man, I'm a good woman, so on and so, so forth. But you know, like I told you with the job, jobs ask for references. I'll, I'll get off this real quick. Some Y'all might have to go back and ask for some references. I need names, phone number, address of your last six girlfriends. <laughs> Before the first date. All right. So we're talking about faithfulness here, though, right? I'm trying to show this here. A faithful man will abound with the blessings. But then Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, but who can find a faithful man? Remember over in Luke uh, chapter 18, when Jesus gives the parable, he starts out by saying, uh, Luke 18 verse one, I think it it says, men are to always pray and not to faint, not to lose heart. Then he tells a parable about this persistent widow who goes to this judge. And he tells a whole parable about how she ended up finally getting justice from the uh, wicked judge. And Jesus says, when the son of man comes, will he find faith in the earth? And if you look that, search that word out, He's not talking about faith as in people who just believe. He's talking about a persistence, a faithfulness. When the son of man comes, will he find this diligence in the earth? And for him to ask that, he's implying it's a rare thing. Because we already know from our key scripture here in Proverbs 12, 27, that diligence is man's precious possession. It's very rare to find diligent, faithful people. You know how they say, if, if you find one friend in life, you're a lucky person or whatever they say. If you find a diligent person, it's a rare thing. Now, all of us can be honest, we've all already done our own personal assessments, right? And we, had, we invited somebody else to assess us too, right? And so what do they think about us in our area of faithfulness and diligence? And if we were honest, we, none of us, I don't think we're tens on the scale of one to 10. If we were tens, that was a scale of one to a hundred. So, <laughs> right? But, hey, but what are we confessing? We're confessing that we're diligent. Huh? Okay? See, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, so we got to meditate on this diligence to get this in our heart, and then as we begin to speak, we begin to come to become what we speak. So, although I, by history... Has not been about diligence my future is diligence so I'm going to speak my future I'm a diligent man I'm a faithful man you ought to just say something about yourself I'm a diligent man I'm a diligent woman I'm a faithful man I'm a faithful, I'm a faithful woman whatever you are I'm, I, I am that now down on the inside your soul is going you can stop that lie right now <laughs> but your spirit saying yes say that that's what I am That's my divine nature. Y'all missed that. That's my divine nature. My divine nature is a faithful nature, is a diligent nature. Okay? All right, now, Matthew 25, verse 21, this actually happens a couple times in Matthew 25, but Jesus, when he tells this parable about uh, the men who he gives, uh, the the landowner gives talents to, he closes out each one or two of them and says this, well done, good and faithful servant, You were faithful over a few things I will make you rule over many things Enter into the joy of your Lord Okay, so notice he says Well done Not well spoken Well done So diligence and faithfulness is proven By what you do Not by what you say Each man will proclaim his own Will proclaim his goodness but a faithful man who can find. In other words, can you find somebody who's gonna do what they say? Okay, so well done, good and faithful servant. Notice this, you were faithful over a few things. And he says, I will make you rule over many things. So notice when God puts you to the test, he puts you to the test with few things. Now I don't have time to go back and read that whole story, but those of you who know the story, uh, three men involved, well four men involved, that's the landowner, the master, and then he had three men he gave the talents to, right? One he gave five, one he gave two, one he gave one, the Bible says each man according to his ability. Now how did he know the ability of each one? Because he had already watched them, he had already observed how they had already acted before. So the guy who he gave one, he knew all he could handle was one. He wasn't going to give a, give a one-talent guy five talents for him to mess it up. The guy with two talents, he gave him two. The Bible says according to his ability. He had seen him operate before. Okay, he can handle it. Through. The guy with five, he said, he gave man, you can't take these five because I've seen how you, how you operate. You're a faithful man. Yes. See? And so when he came back and, and, and you know, reconciled with them, he said to those first two guys, well done. Good and faithful servant You've been faithful over a few things I will make you rule over many things So God will never never make you ruler Over many or over much Until you prove yourself faithful over the few things And so many people want to Skip right from A to O to Z Without proving themselves Faithful at A Hello somebody Oh God's got a plan For my life yes he does God showed me big things. I had a vision one night, and God showed me big things. Oh, yeah, I believe it. I'm not questioning that. What I'm questioning is, well, what you doing with what you already have right here? See, there's no need to talk about, you know, 30,000 square foot building, or, you know, 100,000 square foot building for a church if we can't manage 3,000. Hello? I'm talking about, I'm believing God for a Bentley. Well, praise God. When the, when the last time you watched the one you have? I mean, how old is that? Is that McDouble in the in that back seat? Is it? Is that a McDouble in your back seat? That's, right? See, you got to be faithful over over the few things first then he'll make you rule over much. Because God is looking for diligence. God is looking for faithfulness. Y'all hear me tonight. Luke 16, verse 10 through 12. Let's prove it here another place. Luke 16, verse 10 through 12. Here's what Jesus says. There's a similar parable he gives in Luke's account. He says, he who is faithful in what is least... Is faithful also in much What does your Bible say uh, Of that same verse Verse 10 Thank you Okay I want to make sure King James Uses the word is Because I hear so many people say Will be He who is faithful in what is least Will be faithful also in much But the Bible doesn't say will be It says is other words, what he's saying is that's that person's character. And you're not going to change just because all of a sudden you got much now. I'm going to mess with all the single people. If you're a slob as a single, you're going to be a slob as a married person. Marriage doesn't change that. If, 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 you, if you had cheating tendencies as a single person, a license doesn't change that. I'm looking over everybody right? I'm looking over everybody. Are you following what I'm saying to you? See, see it's, it's you, you are who you are. So he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Now he had only given them least in, in the parable. In this parable, in Luke 19, they had only, I think all of them had gotten only one, one uh, mina each. But that one who proved himself faithful in that one mina, he said that guy's a faithful guy. And so I know I can give him more because he's a faithful God. Faithful is what he is. You—that's why. That's why I brought out uh, in in part one of this series. We we went back and subtitled this one: uh, diligence, part one. Uh, yes or no? Do you have diligence, part one? Yes or no? Either you have it or you don't. Right. See? Either you have it or you don't. And we had to all realize. Well, I really don't have it. I'm on the scale. I'm down low, boy. I'm just. Woo-wee. See? See? So God. Is looking for people he can use in these last days, but he's got a, hes checking out how you operate with what you currently have. God, I want to win thousands of people to you, uh, uh, you know, on the mission field. Well, you keep passing by three people every day. You see, so so he was faithful in what his least is faithful also in much. And he was unjust in what is least is, is unjust also in much. Keep going, verse 11, please. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the what? Now, that's talking about money, M-O-N-E-Y. If you've not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So money is not true riches. Y'all didn't like that part. I said money... Is not true riches Money is just a test. It's a test To see can you handle True riches See So if you don't know how to balance your checkbook or you're a person who does not who will not obey God and be prompt, joyous to do, to do a giver when he tells you go bless somebody if you if you if you got a then how can he trust you with the true riches? Like casting out a devil. Yes. Come on, that's true. Like laying hands on a sick and a sick recovery. Yes. See that's true riches. Yes. To walk in the anointing and the power. You see, people. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll do that. I ain't gonna get no money. Well, you are not gonna do that either. Cause see, knowing you, if you were to go do that, and people start giving you money, you'll start making it up making a business out of it. As opposed to ministering by the Spirit of God. Boy, let me, let me 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 let me. Let me. Verse 12, verse 12, I got to keep going, got to keep going. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, everybody needs to check themselves out right here. If you, if you, if you jammed up somebody's rental car, left popcorn all in the seat and hot dog buns in under the seat and, and got it all dirty and took it back all stung and smelling like smoke and everything, took the rental car back, who going to give you your own car? Y'all don't like that, y'all, y'all don't like that. Yeah. Good, this is what he says: if you have not been faithful in what is another man's who will give you what is your own if you, if you are not if you're not a diligent person while you're employed by somebody how is God going to give you make you an employer boy 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 this hitting hard and heavy boy yes, yes. I can tell Luke 16 verse 12 if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? You all want your own. I mean, if you're renting an apartment, renting a house, God doesn't want you to rent for the rest of your life. He wants you to own. Home ownership is God's plan. Now, he may not want you to get all in debt, but he wants you to own a home, and God can get you owning own a home without the debt. But he, no matter how you get it, he wants you to have your own. But you can't go into somebody's rental place and somebody else's, and you tearing up their stuff, not treating it like it's yours. Then want God to bless you with a mansion on the hill. It doesn't work that way. Hallelujah. 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 So we got to be faithful in what belongs to someone else so God will give us then what is our own. So God's looking for faithfulness. Go back to verse uh, 10. I think that's verse 10 I wanted, wanted you to see. Verse 10. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 12, 11, 10. There you go. What, and he who is unjust in what is least, oh, let me go to the first part. He who is faithful in what is least is also faithful, uh, is least is faithful also in much, in much. So least first and then much. Least first and then much. So promotion in God's kingdom is based on faithfulness. I need you to catch that. Promotion in God's kingdom is based on faithfulness. Faithfulness, there is no such thing in the kingdom of God as social promotion. Public schools do that. Public schools social promote people. (laughs) They don't learn the concepts of second grade. Well, just push them on to third grade anyway. Barely understood anything about ninth grade. Just push them on. We're just trying to get them out. They're about to turn 19, get them, just get them out of school. Give them, give them a paper. It, don't mean, it don't, ain't going to mean nothing in the real world, but it'll, it'll satisfy their family. So just get them on out of here, social promotion. Celebrating, sir. Celebrating. I know they're doing it. Every teacher in this, in this church can tell you that that's what they're doing in public school yeah. is social promoting kids. And, and the same kids, I'm going just, I'm to just throw it at you because y'all don't like it. The social promoting these kids, then they try to go on a college campus and they got to spend the whole first year worth of money on remedial classes that you don't get credit for and barely pass the remedial classes, because why? They've been socially promoted the whole time. They've just been pushed along because we just want to get them out of here. Just got to get them out of here. Well, that, don't, that doesn't happen in the kingdom. I said that does not happen in the kingdom. God does not socially promote you just because, well, you're cute. No, I'm just <laughs> no, he's looking for faithfulness. I said he's looking for faithfulness and diligence. You know, in in the kingdom, there's no minimum wage. Everybody fighting for $15 an hour. You want minimum wage to be $15 an hour. Let's vote on it. $15 an hour. They did in Florida, just passed it. You know, everybody voted for that back in, not everybody, not me. I voted against that. You voted against that? Yes, that's dumb. That's an absolutely stupid thing economically. That's the worst thing you can do to people. That's the worst, worst, that's, that's the worst thing you can do for minimum wage people is to raise minimum wage to $15 an hour. You know why? Because when you raise it, the employers simply get rid of the jobs. So now they'll go from that job where they were at least making $8 or $10, whatever it is, So now there's no job, cuz. <laughs> it's a stupid, that, that's not how free enterprise works. It's not how the free market works. Now, now they're trying to push out of the White House. We're we're trying to mandate, you know, minimum wage all across America. That's the dumbest thing y'all could do. we, We used to have merit increases. You perform, and you get an increase. You work, you perform, and you get an increase. Ooh wee! See, that doesn't happen in the kingdom of God. Let me let me let me give you a scripture. Uh, Hebrews eleven verse six. You know this one. Let's look at it. Hebrews eleven verse six. Hallelujah. No minimum wage, man. I don't hope they repeal that mess. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just repeal that, that's dumb. What? That's dumb, you're gonna have so many people unemployed. It's gonna be so, much great, so, so great unemployment it's gonna be ridiculous if you let that keep going. There'll be no middle class at all, ain't no they ain't <laughs> middle class, they're gonna see it. Yeah, <laughs> Glory to God. I mean, how dumb can you get and still breathe? That's a good idea. No, it's not a good idea. it's uh, not. mister Mr. Um, you're Mr. M- McDonald's employee. Um, you want $50 an hour. Okay, first of all, you never get my order right. But secondly, have you ever noticed all those kiosks they're putting in there? There to replace you. And the kiosk never calls off, never talks back. All you follow what I'm saying is just I mean I was just I don't mean to stay on the soapbox, but I mean I was watching the other day, I saw uh I think this this national brand Kroger's is they're, they're now uh, experimenting now with a fully automated grocery store. Fully automated grocery store. No employees in there needed whatsoever. Why? $15 an hour. That's why. Shareholders don't care about no $15 an hour. They say I don't care about you. They're just gonna make that money. Walmart, you can, you can go on Walmart now. If you have the Walmart app, you can shop in Walmart and never go through a checkout line now. You can pay for all your stuff at Walmart on the app, never go, go through the checkout line. You can, you can put it in your cart boop, 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 at Walmart now. $15 an hour. You better take what you can get and go in there and be the best sweeper you can be. And prove. Prove you're indispensable or start your own. But if you have not been faithful in another man's, who will give you your own? Let me move on. So it's a merit increase in the kingdom. God rewards diligence. Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of everybody who comes to church. No. no. There's no minimum wage in church. Well, y'all came this Sunday, so I'm going to just really bless you. If you 15, you 15, everybody get a No, There's no, no, no. It says, he's a rewarder of those come on who diligently seek him give me that same verse in the passion translation please the passion the passion translation I want you to see this because what does it mean to diligently seek him watch this it says and without faith living within us it will be impossible to please God for we come to God in faith knowing that he is real now read the rest with me and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Seek him. Now I don't know, maybe I have a different one because that's not, that's not the same thing I have. Is there, that a different? Because I have it a different way. Give, give me the living Bible. Maybe I, I copied this wrong. There's another uh, phrase, but the passion is right. Nope, not the Living Bible. I, I, missed, I wrote down the whole wrong, wrong translation. Because the one I have, whatever it is, is not right on my paper, the, <laughs> the translation, but I copied what they said that he's, he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. That's diligence. It's you give all your passion and strength in something, you put everything you have into it. That's when you're diligent. You put everything into it. The Bible says whatever things you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of your inheritance. So everything you do, you do it heartily. That means even if you're working with somebody on their job, you do it heartily. Not for them. It's for the Lord. Because the Lord's watching, even if they're not watching. Even if, even if they want to mistreat you, even if they want to short your pay, God's watching. So you do your work as unto the Lord. It's, it's, it's giving all your passion and strength. So in your marriage, for your marriage to be successful, you got to be diligent, means you got to give it all your passion, all your strength. Woo-hoo-hoo. So my question for you is, because he says those of us who diligently seek him, my question then is, what are we giving all of our passion and strength to? What is it that's, that's consuming our time? consuming our, our mental space, consuming our heart. What is it? What's getting all of our time and our treasure? The Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what's getting all, all your attention? See, because if we really were to assess ourselves, I mean, truthfully, we might, we might not, we might see that it's, it's not necessarily God. Come on now. If I pray five minutes, but I watch TV 180 minutes, then what am I diligently seeking? If I spend, you know, I read, I read my proverb for the day, I read my one chapter of proverbs for the day, but you read Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for three hours, then what you'll find is you're giving all your passion and your heart, your interest to that. So you have to look to that for your reward. Well, I get my reward. What's your reward? Oh, they I post something, and I got a like. I got 13 likes. That's your reward. I better come on this side. Oh, I posted this. I got, I got 872 reposts on that. I get, that's, that's your reward. You got it. But you can't eat that. that. You won't get a good night's sleep off of that. You won't have health in your life off of that. But if you and I would seek first, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all the, all the other things shall be added to us. See, so I don't need reward from those things. I don't even, I don't even need reward from people. Jesus said, Jesus said, told people, he said, the Pharisees says, you seek the honor that comes from men and not the honor that comes from God. In other words, you spend time trying to get people to like you. Listen to me. Listen to me. Don't spend time trying to get people to like you. Now, you need to be likable. Just hit your neighbor on the shoulder and tell you, you need to be likable now. Don't be some obnoxious person who people just, oh, God. I mean, if there's a consensus that people just, oh, my God, it's probably you. So don't, don't be that person, right? But what I'm saying is, I'm not going to spend, spend all of my passion and strength seeking out the honor. In fact, Jesus said this, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Oh, did he not say that? He said, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Because you've made yourself a man pleaser. I need to be likable but everybody's not going to like me and that's not my intent. See, Proverbs 16, 7, I think it is. When a man's ways, please the Lord, let it be right, let it be right, Lord. When a man's ways please the Lord, that's right, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. See, so I need to make my ways 2 Corinthians 5, 9, I make it my aim to be well-pleasing to him. If I make my aim to be well-pleasing to him, he'll make my enemies be at peace with me. Come on. Come on, Jesus. So I need to put all my energy into pleasing God, all my energy into learning God, all my energy. I need to come unto him and learn of him. I want to learn his ways. I want to know his ways. I want, I want as the Bible says, the love of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost. The grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want all that to fellowship and commune with him. Because that's how I grow. Remember now, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm exercising in my spiritual life. I'm not neglecting my spiritual life. See? And what happens, what the devil does is, see, this this is one of of the the drawbacks. I got to hurry. If you allow. I, I shouldn't say that. It's one of the Satanic um, potholes that he puts on the road when you're learning, when you're walking by faith and learning the kingdom and learning the blessing and learning prosperity. Because as you begin to manifest the blessings of the Lord. You begin to manifest the goodness of God. You're you're not you're not, you know, uh, running around anymore. You know, you you've been delivered from smoking, whoever it is that you were bound up in. You know what I'm saying? You just you just you start developing. You well, if you finally you finally got your own car. Praise God. Got my own place now. I didn't think I'd ever have anything, but look at God, He's blessed me. What the devil does is he now tries to bring in what the Bible calls deceitfulness of riches. Cares of this life and the desires for other things that enter in. So whereas you were pursuing God, and because you were pursuing God, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2, because you were diligently pursuing God, all of a sudden these blessings were coming upon you. Then what happens when the blessings come? It's so easy now to start looking at the blessings. Like, ooh, look what I have and you start being enticed by the blessings and the attraction of the world and leave what you were doing that was producing the blessings. See, the trick of the enemy is to get us caught up in the stuff and forget, man, I need the savior. It's about God. It's about Jesus. It's about the Holy Ghost. It's about my fellowship with him. Because if I lived and died and never had any stuff, as long as I've got King Jesus in, the, in reality, I'm going to have everything I need. See, so I don't let, you can't let the stuff become your, your, the, the object of all your passion. So don't stop doing what you've been doing. You got it? Let me, let me give you another one. Good gracious, alive. (laughs) 2 Timothy chapter 2. So i got to diligently seek him. Everybody say diligently seek him. All right, 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. Let me give you another another diligent thing you got to do here. He says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, King James used the word study. Study to show yourself approved. Now, I've heard that my whole life. I grew up in a King James church. Every, my whole life, everybody was King James, King James. No problem with King James, but King James is not, you know, God's Bible. <laughs> People think King James is what God spoke. God didn't speak King James, okay? <laughs> okay? King James was not the original Bible. It wasn't. King James is somewhere between translation 14 and 21. It's not, it's not in the first, not even the top 10 in chronological order. So, Okay? But because all we had heard was King James, we used to say study, so study meant, okay. Get in here study. Study shows him approved. But that's not what it means. Now, it, it, it includes that. But the word study, that's why in, when you see this in the New King James, go back to the New King James and you'll see other translations. The New King James says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, now, there are some workers who might be shamed. But if you are diligent about presenting yourself to God, then you won't have to be ashamed because you're rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, that's going to require study. It's going to require study. Okay? Listening. It's going to require you hearing God. It's going to require you being among other saints and hearing, hearing other people because sometimes you can, you can get on this tangent by yourself and thank you, God, all revelation and man isolates himself in a, in a metals with all wisdom. Right? Proverbs 18.1. Okay, so so he says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Now, in the King James, they used the word study, and it's, it's the Greek word uh, sp- spudezo. I'm sorry, spudazo. I don't know what it is. It's one of them. <laughs> Y'all don't know either good. Okay. I don't have any people of Greek. Uh, okay, all right. So spudezo, spudazo, tomato, tomato, potato, pot, potato. But it means... To hasten, to make haste. This is what that diligence how it comes in. To exert oneself, endeavor, or give diligence. That's what it means. That, that's why we translate it properly. Be diligent to present yourself. Make haste. Hasten. Listen. In other words, when you get saved, don't think you gotta wait 10 years before you start learning before you start learning the Bible. The moment you get saved, devote yourself to the learning the word. I'm going, I mean, I'm going to dig in this word. I'm going to get a new members class. I'm going, I'm going to get in a Sunday school class. I'm going, to get in, I'm going to get in a small group. I'm going to learn. I'm going to sit with the Bible. I'm going to get somebody to mentor me, teach me, disciple me. Hey, I need to learn this word of God. That's right. That's right. See? I, I, told, I was telling the group this, this morning, those of you who saw them on prayer this morning, about how every, every created species uh, only lives and thrives in, in its connection to what it came from. Wow. So fish will not thrive outside of water. They come out of water, that's how they were formed, in water, so they need water to live and thrive. The beasts of the field need the field to to thrive, to live and thrive. So you and I, because we were born again by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, we need the Word of God to survive and thrive. So I must spend time learning, developing myself in the word of God, not the word of man. Don't get saved and go buy a bunch of books. When you get saved, get you a Bible, a good Bible, and, and meditate in it day and night. Learn the word. The Holy Ghost, If, if the best thing you can do is get filled with the Holy Ghost right away. Because then you have the teacher, the author himself, on the inside of you. And he'll reveal things to you, Amen. So you got to learn the word, which means you got to spend an abundance, abundance of time in the scriptures. First Timothy 4, verse 13. Let me finish up here. 1 Timothy 4, verse 13. Paul says this to Timothy. He says, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Now that sounds like a boring life, doesn't it? It's a, I'm, let's just tell the truth. Y'all saying no. In your soul, that sounds like a boring life. Pay attention. To reading exhortation doctrine read the word how many of y'all tell the truth tell the truth you can be so lively going about your day I mean just all that stuff all of a sudden you're going to sit down and going to read the word you got to go back okay verse 1 verse 1 verse 1 Am I right? Am I right? Because your soul doesn't want it. But your spirit is craving the word of God. So that's why we have to force ourselves. Glory to God. I told you all, my wife and I, you know, we just try to put the word on all day long. So and I told you all how we have, you know, at night, the word playing at night, all night long. You wake up to it and everything. So today in the mail, I, I ordered, a, uh, it came in today, I ordered a, a, the Bible on DVD just to read it. So I'm going to put it in my car. So when I'm riding the car, I can just let it just play all day and all night. Just, just, just I just want to hear the word. I want hear to the, hear the word. I, I want to soak in it. I wanna, that's what I needed to survive and thrive. See, I'm giving attention to this. Right. Right. You know, the last few times when I, when I go walking, I, I would normally put on some music and bump me, because you know, you're going to walk. You got to have something to keep it going, man. Because you, you got to get your, your, you know, your, your gate up. And your camera trying to follow me. I'm, I mean, I'm just like, you know. But I learned, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to control my gait with my brain, and I'm just going to put the word on. Just let the scriptures play. Now, that is boring in the natural. I'm telling you that ahead of time. But my spirit leaps. My spirit is getting stronger. He's bringing back to my remembrance things. I remember that scripture. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Let let me hurry. Let me hurry here. Matter of fact, let let me add. Give me that same verse in the Passion. I'm going to skip around, and I'll, I think I'll leave this last one off. 1 Timothy 4.13, the passion. I'm pretty sure this is the passion this time. So until I come, be diligent in devouring the word of God. What you say? Be diligent in devour. Y'all know what it means to devour. Y'all know how it is when you get, get your hand on a good rack of ribs? I mean, are you hungry? You hungry? Sunday night my wife was talking about, man, I, we, should, we should get up, because school was closed Monday and most people off work said, man, we should get up and do some fish and grits. I said, yeah. You can never go wrong with fish and grits. And she did, got up Monday morning, did some fish and grits, and I devoured it. Now, I didn't go overboard on the, on the grits. I, you know, I'm trying to control that. But that fish, I said, Y'all go ahead, I'll clean up. <laughs> I was a cleanup man, boy. All the little extra fish, Deke. There was no fish left when I finished cleaning up. I was devouring that fish. See, but this is what the Bible says we're not supposed to do about the word. The right. Bible, uh, Job just said in Job, I esteem the word more highly than my necessary food. I esteem the word more highly than my necessary food. So the same way you and I get crazy, boy, about that food, boy, you know, since they bring one of them meals, y'all are like, ooh, look at that meal. The, what's that pickly? that stuff? That, boy, you just to devour that stuff. Man, you, you gotta devour the word like that. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Devour, it. Right. devour it, devour it. Be faithful in prayer and in teaching the believers. Now, here's here's one of the benefits, and I'll close here. I'll close here because I'm way past time here. I'm a little past time. Hebrews 2 verse 1, let's close there. Because this is what's happening for me. You know, Jazz, when I'm walking around the the track and I'm hearing the word playing, when the word's playing all night. See, sometimes I get totally if you allow this word, amazed at what I know. You know what I mean? Because in my eyes, I'm not that smart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, I'm like, this is the, this is the Holy Ghost. I and mean, when I say that, I call a scripture out. And I'm like, That's the, praise God. i go home and check. Was that the right scripture? I'm like, wow, how did I know that? But it, the Bible says the Holy Ghost brings back to your remembrance all things that I said to you. You see? And because, you know, I, I've been saved this past, past Friday, marked 32 years since I got born again. 30, 30, I got saved 32 years ago. I was sitting there celebrating Friday because it was my birthday. I celebrated, I was thanking the Lord, because I remember that day I got saved, like it is yesterday. I was outside playing, I was a teenager, playing with all the other kids. Well, we weren't playing, we were macking. Y'all know what macking is? Mackin' is when you try to talk to the girls. Mackin' outside. Are you laughing at me as well? <laughs> We're trying to talk to all the girls, and for some reason, I, I was just ushered inside. I found myself inside on the back seat of the church. Next thing I knew, the brother, my, which my pastor, my, my, the pastor, which is my brother, made altar call. I don't even remember what he said. I was at the altar, bam, like that. I'm like, God, you drew me out of darkness. You rescued me. You snatched me out of the world. And my life has changed. I have no regret 32 years later. So I'm a happy man. I'm happily saved. I'm happily saved. I'm happily saved. So I've been in church my whole life. So there are a lot of scriptures I heard. And I've, I've been saved 32 years. Been pastoring now. This will make 22 years, I think it is. Uh, pastoring. And so I've known a lot of scripture, but now as I start hearing the word, that, that my music, I mean I'm done. <laughs> Somebody playing the music for me already. I guess I'm done. <laughs> I guess that means give the altar call now. Is anyone out of the arc of safety you need to find a savior tonight? Do God wants to heal you and bless you and touch your life? So let me finish this up real quick. Uh, so what I was saying was, but as I put these scriptures on through the night. And as I listen to these scriptures walking around, as I now will put it in my, in my car to play all the time, it's going to help me to do this. It's going to help me to give more earnest heed to the things I've heard, lest I drift away. There's another translation that says, uh, give me the King James on that. Uh, let's see what, how the King James puts that. The same verse, Hebrews 2.1. Yeah, that's it, right there. Lest at any time we should let them slip. Listen to me, it's so easy, if we're not paying attention that's the message tonight paying attention to let the word slip. Let me ask this question. It's a quick survey. Has it ever happened to you? Yes, where well, you've let the word slip? God has shown you something. He had spoken, given you a revelation even, given you a word, and you just let it slip. Just things You just you learn from the scriptures, you just let it slip. You know how it slips? The same way, if you uh, there there's somebody you went to high school with and you saw them, you know, saw you see them today, and you're like, yeah. can't recall that name, and you almost embarrassed to even speak. You're like, hey, you, what's up, bro? Why their name slipped? You know why the name slipped because you weren't using that name every day. You weren't talking to them all the time, on a regular basis. So the reason. The word slips in our lives is because that particular word, we hadn't been using it, hadn't been applying it. So it's refreshing to me to now hear the word, repeat it over and over and over in my mind, to put my eyes on the word. That's what Proverbs 4, starting verse 20, talks about that, keeping the word before your eyes, right? And so now as you do that, okay, I'm not going to let that slip again. So I'm going to give more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. See? Now this is diligence in action. Diligence. I'm devouring the word of God. I'm devouring the word of God. I'm diligent about it. Right? Isn't that your confession? I'm diligent about the word. I don't care where you've been up until this, this time. I'm talking about from now on. I'm diligent about the word of God I'm changing tonight Diligent about the word of God So I can grow in the word of God And I can become all God wants me to be And do everything he wants me to do Amen If we would do that, be diligent Then we're going to be blessed Our spiritual lives will be blessed And because our spiritual life is blessed Everything else that goes along with it will be blessed as well Amen? Amen Amen Give God a praise tonight as you stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I love the word. Say it, I love the word. Say it again, I love the word. I esteem the word more highly than potatoes and grits and ribs and fish and crabs Check some of y'all. y'all like crabs. Huh? Oh, pass on. Now, Rockin' Crab is the place. <laughs> no, I, I esteem the word Holly because that's how I'm gonna grow. That's how you and I're gonna grow. Think about it. When when a sickness or a pain hits your body, you don't need to be going. um... What was that scripture again? What what pastor had said? No, you don't know. No, 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 no. I gotta have that word down on the inside of me. See, that's why it's so important to devour the word because it'll keep it fresh. When a financial challenge hits your life, you can't be like, what's that? Oh, man. Mm, mm. Nope, I gotta have some word in there. When you're faced with a challenge on your job and somebody says something sideways. You don't want cussing to come out. Look at your neighbor in the eyeball. Tell him you don't want cussing to come out. Look, look at him, look at him, look at him, look at him. You don't want cussing to come out. You can't bring sweet water and bitter water out of the same fountain. I got to have something to respond with. I got to come up and say, ooh, I'm going to thank the best of you. I'm going to hope all things. I'm going to endure all things. Love is patient. Love is kind. I'm not easily provoked. I'm not easily provoked. (laughs) I'm not easily provoked. See? This, that kind of winning life comes from diligence. comes from diligence. And out of all the things that you've heard me preach about the last two weeks on about being diligent, the most important area is your spiritual life. Got it? Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence. Out of it are the issues of life. Scripture I didn't go to tonight. You can. I want you to read it in your own time because I'm I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to preach something pleasant. <laughs> First Peter four, where Peter says to give all diligence, add to your faith virtue and the virtue knowledge and he goes through a list of things you got to add. And he said if you do these things you'll not be barren or unfruitful. He said and you won't stumble. You won't. If if you stumble it's because we've not. I've not been diligent. So here, here's how we're going to work. Uh, I'm going to be diligent in giving you the word. Yes. Okay? I'm going to be even more diligent. He says that in First Peter 4, be even more diligent. So I'm going to be even more diligent in digging in and giving you fresh revelation from God. Even, I'm, I'm, and the Lord's helping me with this. I'm going to be even more diligent, uh, diligent about reminding you of some things we already know. That's good isn't it You gotta be reminded of some things we already know So if I preach something You say well pastor preached that back in 2015 You forgot it, you let it slip That's why he sent it back again Right So then whatever we hear Let's all be diligent About living it out, about doing it Let's also do this Let's be diligent about helping each other Encouraging each other Building each other up. That's what we need in the body of Christ right now more than anything. We're all we have. You know that, right? We're hated by the world. The Bible says hated by all men. That's okay. I'm, not, I'm fine with that. But we have each other to keep building each other up. And we're going to do that. Amen. Lord God, tonight, thank you so much for your wondrous love for us. All that you you have done, you're doing and you will do. Thank you for demonstrating to us what diligence and faithfulness looks like. Your word declares that Jesus, like Moses, was faithful. The word says Moses was faithful in all his house. Jesus was our faithful high priest. He is, to this day, our faithful high priest. He sits there next to you. He ever lives to make intercession for the saints. He's faithful at that. He's our faithful advocate. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. What a faithful friend he is. Lord, tonight we ask that you will help us in this area of diligence that, Father, as we make that constant confession that we are diligent people, I'm a diligent person, that our lives will begin to reflect the confession of our mouths. And I pray, Father, that you will, when you search through the earth, you'll find faithful men and women who are about your business, who seek you first and your kingdom and your righteousness, who are not caught up in the world, we are not caught up in all the world has, all the world offers, won't be distracted and deterred by the enemy. We're going to stay on the right path into becoming all you've called us to be. Father, I just pray that your people, as we live this out, that will experience promotions in our lives, raising us up. God, you took, you took Philip, who in Acts 6 was a deacon, but by the time we get to Acts 8, he's an evangelist. God, you promote him because of his faithfulness. Paul, Lord, uh, Paul said in a word that he was happy because you counted him faithful to be put into the ministry. Thank you, Father, that you'll find faithful people in this house. And, Father, I pray blessing upon each person that will be diligent in our marriages, diligent as parents, diligent as employees and employers, diligent, Father, and as ministers and teachers of the gospel flight leaders and ushers and greeters whatever we do anything we do to serve anything we do to uh, uh, diligent in evangelizing telling somebody about jesus even if 10 people tell us no (laughs) they don't want to hear what we have to say god there's somebody whose heart is ready to receive the word of god so we'll be diligent and keep going for the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few bless us tonight we're going to continue to give you praise and all the glory and all the honor, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 I'm put those hands together again one time tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I hope you all have enjoyed this. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm done on this area of diligence. Now, if the Lord says different, then I'm going to go right back into it, and we have to do it one more week or however long. But,